Reporting in progress. Meeting of the Finance Committee to order. Do we have any um, public comment? Looking out on the sea of people. No one here. Uh, anybody on Zoom? No, I'm sorry, I'll copy Tom Mercer. Anybody in Zoom land? <laughs> Seeing none, first item on the agenda is FY budget amendments, Mr. Town Administrator. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, um, and through you to the folks. Um, and just for the record, uh, uh, two members of the Finance Committee are on Zoom, uh, Chana and Heather uh, Sansusi, our latest members, so there is a quorum, even though there's only three folks here in the chamber. I know people's schedules are incredibly busy this time of year, uh, but, um, you know, Mr. Chairman, obviously I, I hope the memo explains the details, I think for the record, just for anybody watching at home, I'll go through it real quick, but um, every year as background, I know some of you know, but just for, um, for uh, Heather as, as the newest member plus the folks at home, um, for towns that are not in our form of government that have town meeting form of government, open town meeting government, it's typical to have what's called a special town meeting um, in the fall. and. Most municipalities like Franklin have a meeting like this so that we can um, take any final decisions in the budget, uh, from the state budget, um, local aid numbers, and we can plug in the actuals. Um, in addition, um, usually school enrollment um, is firmed up on October 1st by state law, and there's a whole series of other things, um, assumptions that are in the May budget that we then now know um, have better information than we did then, and we try to always update the budget document um, every year in November before we set the tax rate um, later this month. Uh, the bad news is, as I alerted the Joint Budget Subcommittee in October, um, that we are looking at a revenue downgrade, mostly from new growth, um, uh, that the uh, new growth numbers were not going to uh, hit. Uh, the good news is, is the number that I portrayed in October wasn't as bad um, once the Board of Assessors and our Principal Assessor got done calculating the new growth. So I've laid out here, uh, for those that want to follow along who are out home on TV, just go to www.franklinma.gov, go to the town calendar, look for tonight's meeting, all the information is in the packet. Um, so if we go through the, I try to summarize this, Mr. Chairman, as, as best I can. Uh, I know people hate long memos. Um, but if you go through the main three categories, um, we are down, proposing to downgrade new growth by $158,380 um, on our estimate in May. Um, and as I've um, articulated, I think, in uh, budget narratives, memos, meetings, um, broken record, um, our record-breaking new growth years are probably over. Um, interest rates, supply chain problems, economic conditions uh, contribute to this. For folks that are watching at home that don't know what new growth is, it's generally property values that aren't captured um, uh, in the regular cycle. Um, so when the assessors go out and evaluate um, uh, property valuations, if you've done a new deck on your house or done a rehab of your kitchen or you've added a shed or a garage or maybe an accessory dwelling unit, um, your property value is now worth more. 
And so we go out in a new growth, capture that revenue for those property valuations uh, by state law and put it into the tax levy. Um, and as I've said for a few years now, for a couple of years, we, we, we were looking at lower new growth totals and now we're here, um, which does not also bode well for FY25. Secondly, um, the local receipts is our other uh, major revenue source. Um, and we are requesting a downgrade of 150,000. Um, the overwhelming majority of this is due to um, building fees have not met projections. Um, when you look at local receipts through quarter one in total, we just barely got over uh, the quarter mark uh, with hitting revenue projections throughout the entire um, set of uh, licenses and fees, building permits and revenue sources. Uh, but unfortunately, the building fees are not coming in uh, as high as we had thought. Um, and one is just fewer permits are being applied for, um, as well as the types of permits are for smaller construction projects. So that gets to the commercial industrial piece, as well as residential. Um, if people are doing less work on their homes and investing less of their own money in their personal property, obviously, then you're going to have fewer permits, which is less revenue. Uh, the other piece of this, which probably reflects an estimated about a third or so of the revenue downgrade for local receipts request, is due to the uh, hotel tax and a modest uh, 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 reduction in the meals tax um, due to the uh, migrant issue at the hotel. Um, just for the record, that is not the town administrator or any member of our staff scapegoating anybody. Um, it's just a reality that as everybody has seen in the news, um, the state migrant shelter uh, line item in the state budget has hit uh, a ceiling. Um, obviously, right now, it's a very fluid situation. But in the first quarter of revenues for the hotels um, came in at a pretty decent number. Um, and the state has committed to 90 days per person to pay the 6% tax. Well, that's really still only good through about December or January. There's still four or five months after that. And we are, just to be clear, Franklin is not the only town in this, in this situation. A lot of our colleagues and communities um, are downgrading numbers based on their local uh, receipts dynamics, like for example, the town of Sturbridge maybe, um, where they rely on a very seasonal tourism season based on a few hotels and meals tax. That is a real lifeline for a town like that. Maybe some Cape Towns, uh, the Berkshires, other town community seasonal towns like that. They're going through a much difficult, much more difficult conversation on this. Um, why would we do this? Um, the reason is, is because the Department of Revenue, before they certify a tax rate, um, they do a fairly thorough review of our, of our financials, as they should. Um, and we like to make sure that the Department of Revenue um, knows and understands, as they've come to expect from Franklin, um, that we monitor our revenue sources very, very uh, clearly uh, on a weekly, monthly, and quarterly basis, and um, and we pay attention to it. And if we don't think, and there's an assumption in the budget in May that may be a little different come November, um, you know, we want to be honest and forthright with them um, about where our revenues are. Um, and so the revenue downgrade uh, here is for about 150,000. I just also noted in the memo. Um, I understand this issue for a lot of folks can become very political. 
Um, but as you're seeing up on Beacon Hill right now, the House of Representatives is voting actually right today, if not already, um, on additional emergency funding for the shelter, um, for the emergency shelter program. But there's a long legislative process ahead, right? If the House votes today or in the future, then the Senate has to take up a bill and the governor has. And so we don't have any certainty and we may not have any certainty on this issue before we set the tax rate. Um, in all likelihood, at some point by the end of the fiscal year, um, our hope, and we remain optimistic, that by the end of the fiscal year, um, you know, the legislature uh, and governor will make um, fully commit to evaluating our revenues and saying if we did lose revenue, this would go for statewide as well, if we did lose revenue, hopefully they would find a mechanism to help compensate that. Um, we have talked to the representatives and senators and others. Amy and I are on MMA meetings all the time. Um, and so, um, you know, today's good news, at least the House uh, is looking at that. Um, I know the administration has put out a fact sheet on this issue too, um, which is on our town website on the Board of Health page, um, addressing the uh, hotel tax related issue. Um, There's some other confusions in there about whether the hotel is supposed to pay us or whether the state is supposed to pay us and we're getting clarity on that. Um, probably a lot more detail than people want to know, but at the end of the day, um, we have to be honest with DOR and the state and just make some tweaks and adjustments um, in case, for some reason, uh, the legislature and the governor don't come through with this. Um, and then finally, uh, there's a modest reduction um, in state aid. I know this comes as a shock to many people every year, uh, Mr. Chairman, yourself included. Um, state aid assessments and other revenues um, it is, again, not just Chapter 70. Um, that is a complete formula. Um, and ultimately, the town of Franklin saw a decrease of $2,111 in local aid. So um, really nothing to get too concerned about. Um, we've talked about Chapter 70 and the charter school formula over and over here. Um, but that's really, again, at the end of the day, that's where that piece comes. And before I move on to the expenses, I just, Mr. Chairman, if anybody has any questions on revenues, happy to answer them. I do. Okay. Um, just curious, is that there's a new hotel, almost done, I think, yeah. up on Union Street. Um, I'm assuming Bill picks up some of the traffic. Is that, it may be a minor amount, but is that factored? We don't even know when it's going to open, do we, I guess? Yeah, so we would never assume... By this juncture today, without an occupancy permit and without a guarantee on an opening date, we could never officially say that that hotel is open and then project out what that occupancy could be like. Um, and that hotel project, um, obviously during the pandemic, stalled for a few years and is pretty close to completion. Um, but um, I have no estimated date as to when that will open. Maybe they can, I know there's a demand for rooms, especially out of Gillette with the concerts and whatnot. What, what mean? Our hotels are spillover, are, are generally spillover occupancy, right? So it's hockey tournaments in Marlboro, Great Woods, Gillette Stadium, concerts, football games, events, Army-Navy games, you know, all the special events at the stadium, at the amphitheater, in Marlboro at the sports complex, and obviously Dean College does a lot on that as well, and there are other local events, but a majority of the occupancy that's there, um, you know, are from um, from folks from spillover from those other uh, from those other entities. 
the other question on the 158.380 new growth rise or decrease, is it? Decrease. Change. Change. How does that translate to dollars? Is it multiply 158 point something by the tax rate? Is that the dollar number you come up with? That's actual dollars. Right. Well, that's, that's actual. That's actual dollars. Yeah. Okay. Meaning the revenue, if you look at the control sheet, um, uh, if you look at the top, council approved 1.27305 was the estimate, and now the certified amount from the Board of Assessors, the actual amount, is 1111925 the difference of $158,380. And that's a, a number that will go to DOR to be certified by the state, by the Board of Assessors, um, and, and that's already baked into the t calculation of the tax rate. Or the, what the proposed tax rate will be in December, uh, November. John. Good, thank you. Shona, Heather, anybody? Deadly silence. Nope. I'm good, thank question. you. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, just going to get hey, the Heather, <laughs> excuse me, how's the weather? Uh, 87. <laughs> Heather, you can leave now. <laughs> Expenses. Um, as I you can got, see, did she oh. have a question? Is that why? I don't know. No, she, said she said she was all set. Oh, okay. Uh, and now the expenses. The proposal is to decrease the town administrator's budget, fifty-eight thousand uh, fourteen, um, and then the tri-county school. Uh, we were given a gift because there's some students, a handful of students that didn't go to tri-county that was from the previous year, so we were able to decrease that a hundred thousand five fifty-five five fifty-three. And, um, and then the benefits budget, um, as you know, Mr. Chairman, just for people that don't know, after October 1st, um, and the enrollment is kind of cemented at the school district, generally speaking, by that time, the staffing levels at the schools and in the town have kind of been calcified for the year, which means we can go back and review all of the open enrollment data. Um, and we were able to save about 148000 this year due to fewer health insurance subscribers and an increase in the employees on the high deductible plan. Um, one of the dynamics, Mr. Chairman, that we've discussed for years about fewer subscribers <laughs> is that we're also hiring um, a new generation of employees who oftentimes are still on their parents' insurance until 26 years old. Um, Carrie must have experienced no, that maybe because she's laughing over here in the corner. But, but, um, but in all seriousness, with younger employees that are out of college or grad school, you know they are not signed up for healthcare because they're still on their parents' plan. So, um, we were able to make an adjustment this year because of those dynamics. Um, obviously, we can't predict what the next year or the year after will be, um, but it just gives a little insight. Um, and the second piece of that is the high deductible plan, as we've talked about at budget hearings for years. Um, has saved employees a lot of money and has saved the town a lot of money. It's been a very, very productive program. So um, we have more and more people as we hiring newer, uh, younger employees, and they subscribe. We try to give them the good advice, sign up for a health savings account now. If you're all of us at our ages, we wish we had that 25, 30, or maybe 50 years ago. Um, sorry, George. But, you know, um, uh, but... 
at the end of the day, it's able to save us some money to help plug the budget gap. So happy to answer any questions on that stuff. I forgot to mention that we added in $1,000 for the Disability Commission so they can do their annual fare and $5,000 to the elections budget for a pilot uh, tabulator machine uh, for the town clerk. On the town clerk, that, that the operation yesterday was as smooth as it gets. Yep. It really was. There were people in, out, banked on parking. Eh, you know, but, um, the, the, the marketing and communications person, is there not no one or we're not going to? What's the 22-514 represented? Because I, I personally, personal point of view, I think that's an important thing. If you're going to have a town as good as this, then you ought to be able to advertise it somehow, communicate it somehow, and market it somehow. So when you're looking at a $140 million budget plus or minus, it would be nice to have that. So that represents eight months. Um, Ms. Rivera was with us for four months of the beginning of the fiscal year. Um, and as you know, this was a joint position with the school department, so they paid half um, of the salary. The town municipal budget paid for half of the salary as well as the budget, uh, the, the benefits, which we ballpark at about a $30,000, $35,000 value of a budget just to give you an idea. So that's about 100 to 105, $110,000 a year job, really. Um, I couldn't agree with you more on the value of public information. I, I think what I'm trying to also convey here is if people are disappointed in, in some of these decisions, FY25 budget development's right around the corner. And I'm not trying to scare people and, you know, People have to understand if if we do not spend the time as a community focusing on financial planning for the future, including the school department, we are going to be consistently disappointed every May and March and April and still stare up at the sky and go, what's happening? This to me is a sign, and I mean this, where if you're me, you can't be cutting, you know, the next levels are cutting expenses for DPW and facilities. It's cutting staff. I mean, at some point, this isn't required. It's a good thing to have. I think most people, including myself, who came up with this position five years ago, would say this is a needed service. Not every town still has this. I think it also speaks to the, the, the honest and true financial struggles of the school department that we're seeing. Um, you know, this isn't a critique, but when we're seeing the mid-year cuts of clubs um, and clubs for students and parents that they're relying on after school, when we're seeing cuts to public information and communications, and we're seeing those types of reductions in services, I, I would hope at some point, you know, people would be concerned about that um, and say, geez, are we moving backward? Um, but I'm being honest, I've said it before, I'm getting nervous that we are not, as a community, blocking out a lot of other ideas we have and spending the time we need to to talk about this stuff. If people are going to get out of this, if the community is going to continue to invest more and more, 
you know, we, we've got to have a more robust, honest uh, discussion with everybody about what the future looks like. Uh, so, uh, uh, if I keep going, I'm just going to blabber more. So, you know, it's just, I think I've said it all a hundred times. I just, I'm glad that one Franklin is around and I'm glad that people, but at some point, we have to tell other departments, other citizens, other stakeholders, we're, we appreciate your feedback, but we're sorry. We don't have the time to handle all of these ideas and projects right now. We don't have the time to look into every single thing. Okay, Municipal and school finance, particularly school finance, has got to be something that the council, the school committee, the finance committee, stakeholders, and interested parties we have to spend time talking about these things or we're never going to get out of this. We're going to show up in March and be like, what happened? It's been another year. And did we do anything? And, I, you know, next year I might not be able to say there's a reduction in health insurance because of stuff. Um, and, you know, there's some expenses in here that, fortunately, because I've been too busy, we haven't hired the administrative assistant yet. Um, and so we're able to save a few more bucks. But, I mean, I think what you're seeing, Mr. Chairman, is we're getting now into the nitty-gritty in the areas at which we're going to really start seeing a lot broader impacts on the community if people aren't willing to talk about this stuff. Uh, one more question on Tri-County. We approved yesterday the override. The, um, debt exclusion. Debt exclusion, sorry. Debt exclusion. Words have a huge meaning in that context. Our student enrollment went down, what, um, five, six kids, maybe, for the 100,000? Maybe 10. Some, I, I don't know the number exactly. But, but my question is, let's, let's take a hypothetical, and I know they hate hypotheticals, but I'll ask anyway. Let's say um, our enrollment dropped 50% in 2026. Does the our share of the two hundred and eighty million dollars school tab drop accordingly? Yes. Or is it fixed at the beginning? Drops. It drops. So the the, the It's a thirty year borrowing. Yeah. So over the thirty years right. it can be our expense, a million dollars year two and two million dollars year three. Has never been clear to me. Well, so hopefully we just cleared it up. I didn't even ramble on that one. I said yes. <laughs> <laughs> we have a ramble back. No, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> no. All right. I, that was the question that's been in, in my mind. If, if it was fixed, that would seem unfair. Um, real unfair. You know, I'd rather North Attleboro be paying for it, to be honest with you, as long as we get what we need. Well, I mean, I, I mean, after yesterday's vote, the town of Franklin has now protected itself from further cuts in a couple years, few years when the borrowing hits, because now the town is able to raise the revenue to pay for the school, and then, um, while obviously I won't be here, 30 years from now, the tax will actually sunset off the I will. Um, you never know, George. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, right. So, three. Uh, Let's see. <laughs> I digress. I agree. Um, okay. Any? Shana, Heather? Nope. You guys? Huh? On to stormwater. 
Um, I think that's it's pretty boring. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, key part of this memo is to depict to DOR a solvent enterprise fund. Um, it's year one. I just remind people we are anticipating collecting revenue when we set the budget in May. In this case, we did an amendment in June. But, um, the rate that was set for stormwater still does not meet the federal mandate. And by doing it this way, we give the Department of Revenue as we go through, before we close out the books at the end of June next year, we give them a sense of if there are, if, if we do it this way, we will be able to have a slight cushion in what we call retained earnings which is unspent money, taken to free cash. Okay, it's just another term for an enterprise fund, free cash. Um, and it'll make, hopefully, DOR feel much more confident that the revenue that we proposed out of the rate, because remember, we're doing abatements too, by the way, right? So people are filing for abatements, which may reduce that obligation a little bit. It just makes them believe, because it's true, that the fund is more solvent after year one what you don't want to have happen is pass a budget and spend a budget by next June and then not have the revenue meet those projections, right? And so because of the federal stimulus money and because we've already been awarded a million and a half in ARPA funds from the county for stormwater, we're doing this basic administrative change to make sure that DOR, when they set the tax rate and they go into free cash next year, knows that we have a solvent enterprise fund that's sustainable into the future. So the money in Stormwater Enterprise Fund gets moved to Brutus's budget? No. No? Or no. Just, it's just simply reducing the, no, it's, it's simply basically replacing federal stimulus money into the budget. And then hopefully by the end of the year, that 200000 is essentially a small safety net to make sure we get through the full fiscal year doing the work that the federal permit requires. Because... The rate that was set for anticipated revenue was not near what the cost is actually delivering. So when we set the rate, when the council set the rate almost two years ago, inflation had not set in that high, interest rates weren't like that, the cost of bidding and projects and work wasn't as high, and just like everything we're seeing, we're seeing those numbers go up. So this again provides a little bit of a safety net and a cushion to make sure that we get to the end of the fiscal year. The fund is solvent. I guess my real question is, I should know, but I don't. Maybe lots of people, well, a few people on would. How does the, the stormwater money that we're collecting get spent? Is it a, is stormwater a separate department? It's an enterprise fund. Water, sewer, trash, trash stormwater. It's completely off the operating budget. It's a fee for service. Water users, if you're on public water, you, you're in the enterprise fund. Better example is the Beaver Street. If you're on public sewer, you pay into the, the you put into the sewer enterprise fund. If you're on private sept, if you're on your own private cesspool or septic, you're not susceptible to public sewer, so you don't pay into it. Stormwater, every property owner in Franklin pays into that. Even the nonprofits, Dean College, the churches. You know, etc. Um, because
because that's the way the law is written, you know, the federal mandate's written. So, um, so it's a completely separate, it's a completely separate entity from the entire budget. So when the payroll is written, there's a department storm. Bingo. Okay, that's, that's where I was headed. I didn't know that we... This is not conflated with, brute, was not conflated with the deep, regular DPW budget at all. Agreed, but people that were doing whatever has to be done currently get paid out of the DPR. Get paid out of the DPW budget now. In the future, they'll get paid out of the stormwater budget. The grounds, the grounds gets paid out of the DPW budget, the grounds division. The water division gets paid out of the water enterprise fund. The sewer employees get paid out of the sewer fund. And the stormwater employees, of which there are, I think, four or five, they get paid out of the stormwater enterprise fund. When are they going to pick up my leaves? <laughs> I want to know. All right. That is one of my biggest priorities, but, you know, we got to, there's a lot of capital equipment associated with that. I hope Dale picks up the leaves. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm not sure how to take that, George. You know, is that. Ask Jeff, he'll tell you all about it. Um, and they just passed a one and a half million dollar override in Oakdale. Yes, Maybe that's how they're picking up the leaves. <laughs> yes, they And there are 12 miles of streets. Right. <laughs> so, anything else from Jana, Heather? Nope. If I remember their names, these people. Nope, all set. Okay. All set. Um, future agenda items, are we there? Um, so, well, you have to vote on this first, I think. Um, Sorry. Okay, I move that we accept the budget or recommend to the, the council the budget items as described in the November 3rd Ben memo from Jamie and Amy. Second. Uh, George. Yes. John. Yes. Heather. Yes. Yes. Chana. Yes. And Nicole is yes. Future agenda items. Um, our next meeting is a deep dive on facility, Angelo. Well, the whole facilities department. The whole facility. <laughs> I have a strange request. Could, at that meeting, I suspect it already exists. What's that? Um, you have a strange request? Yeah. I, I, I think it, I'm, I'm sure it already exists somewhere. Is there a list of every building in town? Yeah. How many square feet? That kind of stuff? Sure. I would like to see that at the next one. Sure. Just to, to get a, and maybe the age of the buildings, just so, so we can get a feel for what buildings are next kind of thing. Well, there's a committee upstairs, the master plan committee. That's trying to work on this, and so uh, we will. Um, two it, things: one, we will have an updated capital plan by December first, so you can see all that. Um, and two, Mike can describe any building uh, in town, how many square feet, what's needed next, and happy to provide all that. And my guess is he already has it somewhere. I just. Oh no! Well, that's not going to work. It doesn't work for a lot of us, but that's why we hired Kevin. Um, you know, he needed a, a deputy. I mean, he was the only, one of the very few, if not the only one, that didn't have anybody. 
but part of that is that you know Mike's um, you know his retirement is is you know by probably the end of the, the, the decade and we need to have somebody else know what's in his head um, so I will uh, I will ask him that it's not a strange request yeah I, I just think it would be nice to for us to know you know I mean we can think ahead I mean just look at what buildings are going to have to be replaced or um, etc. You know? Yeah, there's, it's really more about the, the proper capital maintenance of buildings, right? Our buildings are all in very good shape. Um, all the schools did their analysis on all that twice over the last three years. Our school buildings are in great shape. A lot of it, Mr. Chairman, is a lot of mechanicals in 10 years. The big one coming up is Remington Jefferson. Uh, that's about 30 years old, and we need to do a major renovation and upgrade of that to ensure another 30 years. Um, obviously, the police station is a huge priority. Um, and then the rest of the projects um, are generally regular upkeep and maintenance um, based on um, you know, the, the age of the boilers or the roof or you know stuff like that, playground. Basketball courts, you know, fields, all that stuff. But you guys can ask him obviously, obviously anything you want about this stuff: expenses, electricity, plumbing, gas. No, he'll, he'll just boom, he'll um, Well, he's built every building in this town except for one. It's a brick school. <laughs> no, he actually just renovated that. He was criticized for years for not renovating it, but now he actually has. It's a police station. That's the only building that he has not renovated or built. Stabilization fund? Funds? I have, I have a question or two. Any of the funds, for instance, stabilization, 6,382, and then 6,271, a decrease, and I don't think we've taken anything out. Is that investment changes? That is the unrealized losses. Okay. And so no, we haven't taken anything out of there. I don't think we've, that I remember, taken anything out of anything yet. No, we're trying to avoid that at yeah, all costs. I agree. Um, the only other thing I had a question. Oh, property, open space acquisition. A lot of money there, $2.5 million or yep. thereabouts. Is that CPA money or is that prior to CPA? Prior to CPA. My question is, do we have, a, I mean, we may, would, for instance, we're going to build a big police station somewhere, and unless we get real lucky, we're going to have to buy land, which in this town, two and a half million dollars is going to buy this room. Um, is that, could it be used for that, for no. instance? No. So what's its use? Open space. Strictly open space. Yep. Although there is a property acquisition one, too. That's for facilities. It's also a two-thirds vote out of stabilization accounts. Council two-thirds vote, right? Okay. Anybody else? I'm good. Um, Chana? Heather? Yes. Heather, you had a lot of questions. Um, sure. I know. I was actually just going to ask the question, um, Is but I kind of lost my... Uh, place on the agenda. 
Is this for future agenda items? Well, future future agenda was the um, building department next month, or the building department's facilities. So if there's something else you'd like to talk about that night, although I'm not sure there'd be any room. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to ask if we could discuss um, the state's going to finalize their budget, their budget on November 15th. And uh, the meeting you and I were at, George, they talked about um, Haley is going to potentially have a ton of grants uh, coming up for municipal uh, to apply for. And I was hoping maybe we could pop that on the agenda and just as a way to say that we, you know, who can explore these grants that are coming up? There's a lot to do with capital improvement projects. There's a lot to do with renovating school buildings. Um, and so maybe just a summary of what gets approved on November 15th and then how it can impact Franklin. Do grants? We don't have a grant writer as such, right? It's all fully decentralized out to the departments. Um, if you get a grants administrator, you know, traditionally it's hard because that then one person is seen as they, people set high expectations for them, and you're not well, really necessarily. Go ahead. I don't think it's necessary that we add to the agenda that we find a grants administrator, but I do think that it would be good to see what's available to Franklin, and then we could explore how to obtain those, whether it be you know, tell each, or let, notify a certain department, hey, there's a couple grants, you guys want to apply for them, it could help your budget. Um, that's all I'm thinking about. And I think it's incredibly important based on what you were saying earlier, Jamie, about people's awareness in town and letting people know about how tight our budgets are. And here's some free money, grant money, sitting there, hundred, few hundred million dollars. So I um, just think it'd be great to throw it on the agenda and make sure we address it. We will, uh, we'll, we can add an item about grants. I just, um, first of all, I just want to mention. Or more, more importantly, a summary of the, a summer, summary of the finalized November 15th budget, which includes grant money and many other, um, it, it will include information about the hotel, I think, as well, and a bunch of other stuff, because it's final, so. Right. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> sure, so what, what Heather's really referring to is what's called a supplemental budget. Um, you know, the governor actually, it gets very confusing and I totally understand how people, you know, the FY24 budget for the state was approved over the summer. They sent it to the governor. The governor vetoed a bunch of stuff. The legislature then has like all year to override the governor's vetoes. They have not done any of those yet. To complicate matters more. The legislature is still not closed out FY23's budget, which was at a revenue loss. They just approved today, the, the House just, just the email came over two minutes ago, they passed what's called a supplemental budget to the FY24 state budget. And there are possibly some grant opportunities in there. But I, I just want to make sure, and we will talk about this on December 13th, um, grants sound awesome. And it always sounds like a way to bail us out of what we want to get bailed out of. Our departments manage and track every grant program the state offers within their expertise. For example, if the governor passed a bill or the legislature where there's more money for fire safety, just 
just for example. The fire chief is all over that, and if there's an opportunity, they go for it. And Chris will uh, provide a grant report and grant amount for what we've received over maybe the last several years, just so people can see how many millions of dollars we get every year in grants. This town brings in several million dollars a year in grants. But again, it comes back to staff capacity. Somebody behind down in the DPW or in the library or my office has to type out you know, an obnoxiously long grant application. We have to go through extensive training with the state to get contracts awarded. We have to do a lot, a lot of work. So I just, um, we will, we can have an item on grants and we can talk about them. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I just want to make sure people are aware, like they're not really a panacea because eventually somebody needs to do the work here and we're already right, generally tapped out with the amount of work we have for grants, if that makes any sense. So. Absolutely. And since we are sitting on a volunteer committee and our you know, kind of role is to explore finances, et cetera, and opportunities, and where you did just say we have to start stepping up and making some hard decisions, et cetera, we should also right. look at, try to you know, explore all options and see what's out there and see what we can do. And if it is too hard and there aren't too many to my call for action about more discussion. I mean that. Um, and there's a good example, right? Maybe hopefully discussing this issue will help educate the community a little bit more on what's possible and what's not. And maybe set our expectations more reasonable about what's feasible and what's not. And I think that I think what Heather's bringing up is a, is a pretty important discussion um, relative to the state budget. Um, it's similar to the issue of unfunded mandates. You know, we can complain about them all we want, um, but they're unfunded in their mandates for a reason, right? And so they sometimes become a lightning rod of like, well, we should just rail against public unfunded mandates, but that's not going to solve your budget woes. So I think what Heather's bringing up is a discussion we've never talked about before, so it'll be fun to, fun to discuss it. Uh, just one chairman's comment, if you will. We had a pretty bad fire here. Sunday night, up on Old Birch, Birch Road, yeah. um, and I happened to get a text from the chief with a picture of the fire, and I, my response was, oh, more equipment, huh? Because town of Franklin, there are no hydrants anywhere on Summer Street north of about halfway up the big hill, or south, or east, whatever it is, going toward Rentham, and that whole area of town. Franklin doesn't have a tanker. Now, luckily, we have mutual aid partners, and they did a great job saving what's left of the outside of the house. He sent me a picture of the inside. There's nothing left of the no. Nothing left. It's, it's horrible. But, um, or actually, they were on Facebook, I think, the, the firefighters. But they did a good job at 1.30 in the morning getting to it, getting some water on the fire with it. I'm going to guess eight or ten minutes. Um, so I just wanted to say they did. It's just a, I've been a buff for years, and when you listen to a really good job in the middle of the night, they've done good. they great. Uh, anybody else? Motion to adjourn. Second. Okay.
George? Yes. John? Yes. Heather? Yes. Yes. Chenna? We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.